Hey, how's it going? This is Craig Cannon, and you're listening to Y Combinator's podcast. Today's episode is with Jeff Ralston. Jeff's a partner at YC, and before that, he co-founded Imagine K-12. So I met up with Jeff to talk about Startup Investor School. Startup Investor School is a free four-day course designed to educate early-stage investors interested in investing in startups. And if you're interested, you can sign up at investor.startupschool.org. All right, here we go. So why don't we just start with uh, the basic facts? So what is Investor School? Yeah, so Investor School is a four-day class that we're teaching for the very first time here in Mountain View, mm-hmm. across the street in, in the original Y Combinator building 320. And um, it's a school that's going to teach the basis, the basics of startup investing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we hope people will come in person. Uh, we think there's a lot of demand, so we think we're getting a lot of folks who want to come, but also doing a live stream where we're going to make it a, a MOOC, a massively open online course, just like we've done in the past with Startup School. So we're really excited about the potential to um, to to give back a whole bunch of the knowledge that we've gained at YC over the years and how to be a really effective angel investor uh-huh. to the community at large. So we create more, better happier angel investors. <laughs> and, and, and what um what gave you the impression that folks needed a school? Um, well, what gives us the impression that folks needed a school is we've seen lots of, shall we say, not so effective behavior and um, approaches to angel investing. And, and, you know, not sort of, we're not being um, conceited and thinking that we've seen it in ourselves. For sure. Most of us have at one time or another in the partnership at YC been angel investors. And so we know all the missteps we've done them ourselves. I personally have made so many mistakes, angel investing that, that I feel if nothing else qualified to tell you a whole bunch of things you shouldn't do. So we're trying to help people avoid a lot of the pitfalls. And we're also, you know, there's ways to be, a better investor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's ways to be a worse investor. And we think we can help teach people those. And so, again, make them better at their job, even if it's not a job, better at, at the, yeah. the, the discipline of angel investing. And that makes it better for the companies in whom they're investing. And is there a particular type of person you're looking for to participate in investor school? Like, do they need to have, you know, been an engineer and had an exit or they just like have some cash that they want to invest? Uh, who are you looking for? Well, the, the one qualification is that you're an accredited investor. Okay. And the, um, the SEC has a set of rules as to what comprises accreditation, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, of income and wealth. As long as you're accredited... We want everybody. In fact, we actually think this is an opportunity to add greater diversity to the ranks of investors. So, yeah, anyone who's accredited, um, which is a little bit the equivalent of what you said, is you have some spare cash mm-hmm. to invest mm-hmm. that you can afford to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to be honest about this. This is a very high-risk investing um, paradigm. So if you're going to invest in startup companies, you have to be prepared for extraordinary upside, but also a a perhaps more likely downside. Mm. And are you giving anyone um, certain criteria of what they should think about? It's like, this is an approximate amount of money that if you're going to get started angel investing in the Valley, you should be ready to start putting down, putting to work. Is there a number that you have in mind? I think we'll give some guidelines as to... um, 
how to think about creating your portfolio. Okay. Think about doing asset allocation across that particular yeah. portfolio. But how much you invest is a very personal thing. It's sort of how much you will care about losing, how much upside you want to have, okay. what percentage of a company it's important for you to own if you think about it that way. So I think the amount that people invest is incredibly variable. Okay. There are some minimums. You know, yep. Most people aren't investing $5,000 when they do angel investing. That does happen, but it's unusual. Yeah. It sort of tends to be a minimum in the tens of thousands of dollars, okay. up to a maximum of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars usually. Okay. So maybe we, we ought to walk through the curriculum in like broad strokes. So where, day one, what are you guys going to start with? Well, day one, we're going to start with, as you might expect, okay. the basics. <laughs> yeah. Sort of how and how you should start, why you should start angel investing. Yeah. Why do it? What's it about? Um. I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of investing and where angel investing mm-hmm. came from. You know, there didn't used to be such a thing as an angel. There was people pretty much finance companies on their own. Um, that's how Silicon Valley got started. HP was founded in a garage. It was $538 of capital that, 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 that Dave Packard and Bill Hewlett scrounged together to build an audio oscillator. And much of Silicon Valley came from from graduates of... Of, of the Hewlett Packard School of building, building products. It was only later that that venture capital mm-hmm. started, and you you had a whole bunch of people coming out to Sand Hill Road and figuring out that they could make lots of money. I mean, there's there's an early um, venture firm invested seventy thousand dollars in Digital Equipment Corporation. That was one of the earliest angel investments, and they made thirty-five million dollars—not angel <laughs> investments, VC investments. Right. And they made thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, big time. Which is pretty cool. Right? Up seventy. People, yeah. People, well, you know, that's the kind of return that people look at and say, "I want a piece of that action." <laughs> so a lot of companies set up in on Sand Hill Road, and you had sort of the classic early VCs yep. from from you know. Draper starting Sutter Hill and Kleiner Perkins and Sequoia all began back in those early days. And um, and so there was sort of – there was a an intermediate path to raising capital between putting together your own money, putting money on credit cards, maybe getting friends and family to put a little money in, and then IPO. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big gap in between and Venture came and filled in some of that. But eventually what happened was it was – harder to get started at, at the small level and friends and family who were kind of the original angels expanded to be people who really just gave smaller checks, yep. which was really the amount needed right in the very beginning to get a company ready and able to accept venture investing. So I'm going to tell a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk, uh, I'm going to have a couple of partners from YC go over some of the mechanics of startup investing that are a little, frankly, mysterious. How is it that these weird convertible notes work? Used to be when, uh, back in the early days of venture investing, you just bought a share of the company, mm-hmm. equity mm-hmm. in the corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have these um, different instruments that are much cheaper and faster and simpler to use, but also a little mysterious. So we want to demystify that, explain how it works. We've, we've built up a bunch of of uh, standards yep. as to how 
a, an angel investor or any sort of investor will interact with founders. Yeah. There's something we call the handshake protocol, mm-hmm. which is how you go about sort of cementing a deal verbally before you do it on, on documents. We want to cover things like that. So the beginning of the course is sort of getting the vocabulary, the vocabulary, yeah. getting the dotting the I's and crossing the T's of how you actually act as an angel investor. How you should think about when you're investing, how much you're going to own of the company, how dilution works, how cap tables work, all those basics that kind of, you know, you, you sort of run into it. No one tells you, <laughs> what, you know, what's, what's this document they're giving I mean, you? but what, what about even before that? What about <clears throat> evaluating a company if you're a non-technical person who wants to invest in software? Yeah, we're going to get into that sort of the, the, in, right in the very beginning question is, so you want to invest in a company. How do you learn about the company? Well, yeah. th- there's actually a simple answer to that. You meet with the founders and talk to them. So we're going to quite extensively go into, when you go into a meeting with founders, how should you conduct that meeting? Yeah. <laughs> how should you think about the founder? If I'm meeting with you and we're talking about your company, right. how do I make judgments about whether this is a company I want to invest in? How should I think about that? Okay. So we want to kind of help people through that exact answer that exact question that you have. So, yeah, let's get specific on some of these. Like, you're meeting with a founder for the first time. What's a red flag when you're like, say there are two or three co-founders, you're talking to them about a product, and it's just, I don't know. What's something that you might spot that you're like, I don't know if I want to put money into this startup? Well, for me, the very first thing comes with sort of how I read the founder's belief in what they're doing. Okay. If you have this passion, people usually talk about passion. I, I remember listening to Mike Moritz talk about this once, and he talked about it being at a different level, like almost an obsession with what you're building and why you're building it. You have to care so deeply that everything that's going to happen to you as a startup founder will be something that you will think nothing of overcoming. Because that's the sure thing. You know that if you don't have the resilience you need, the toughness you need, the determination you need, the belief you need, it none of the other things matter. Nothing else. How big the opportunity is, how much of competition there is or isn't, how much money you raise, how smart you are, none of that matters because it won't happen. So that's where I, that's where I start. And, and if I can't get past that, so, none so, of the other stuff even matters. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't get that... Right. That sense. And are you are you kind of laying a little trap here and there to see if they'll, you know, bite on something like, oh, I don't know if they're quite confident enough? Or is it just this like vibe someone has? What what are you well, actually you make it sound looking sneaky, for? You're saying traps and, and, and almost <laughs> underhanded. And I I don't I personally like I well, do think devil's advocate everyone type. gets well, yeah, everyone gets different styles. Yeah. I'm very direct. And so what I like to do is I like to push. Okay. So um there's and it's easy to do after a while because every single idea has a million things that could possibly go wrong with it, <laughs> and half of those will. Yeah. <laughs> so so you talk about those and you see how they react to it. Okay. How they you know as you push on them and and you say well you know how could this possibly work you know you want to you want to provide ride sharing services to seniors you know they don't really use their phones how are you going to do that craig how are you going to and, and you know you start to push on those ideas and so i i mean i think that a certain amount of this you can't teach yep it's experience you know as partners in yc we've all talked to hundreds if not thousands of companies yeah right yeah um 
but we can we can I think illuminate the process and get people started on the right foot, and that's I think the way we should think about this. It's a short course. Yeah, it's four days, two classes per day, so at sort of eight sessions total over that four day period. It's not it's not you know a six month graduate school investing. I don't even know what you would cover in that. It's enough, I think, to put you on the right road to becoming a fantastic. Angel investor, and that's our goal. Okay. To create more fantastic angel investors, and fantastic means not only do they make the right choices for themselves, they help companies mm-hmm. more. They have a better relationship with companies. Mm-hmm. They make their decisions in a more effective, timely fashion. Yeah, it's not and just so spray on. and pray. Like show up to demo day, spend two hundred thousand dollars, and then hopefully something. Yeah. I mean, that can be okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a terrible thing for companies generally to get that kind of cash. Yeah, but but. I think it's much more useful for companies to get thoughtful investors right. who invest for the right reason and who you know are not painful later, who understand the um, the quid pro quo that's going on when you invest and when you get a piece of a, a company and and how you should be interacting with that CEO and founding team henceforth. So from a, a personal perspective, yeah. do you only invest in companies where you feel like you can add more value than your money? Or are you okay just putting money into something you think is attractive, but you don't really know about the space? A, a lot of people say that they'll only invest in companies. Uh, you know, there, there are all types. Of a lot of people investors. say that and then they put money all over the place. Well, the, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, there's what you say and what you do, but uh, there's all different. There's, 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 um, there's, probably as many different styles of angel investing as there are angels. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> me personally, uh, I think I invest when I get excited about a company. Okay. And I, it, it may be a little egotistical, but I kind of believe that I can always help a company because I've seen so many companies. No, I've been doing this for yeah. coming up on seven years now, and I've been angel investing 13 years now, this being YC and angel investing for longer than that. So <clears throat> as those uh, as those insurance commercials go, I've seen a thing or two. Yep, yep. Right? So <laughs> so I, I kind of believe that, but I think that's separate from if – like if you're talking to me and I say, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing or this girl's amazing, this is an idea and, and you know, I, I, I'm going to invest. Yeah. And do I believe I'll be able to help you? Yeah, but you know – there's another perspective that's important to have as an angel investor. Angel investors can, in limited cases, have substantive impact on the companies in which they invest. Yep. Mostly their impact is marginal, yep. minimum. You might meet with a company once a year, twice a year, maybe, and you might give them some really good advice. They're building the company. And sometimes I, you know, I think angels, or I've heard angels, take way too much credit. Again, sometimes angels are very helpful, and I like to think that I've been quite helpful to the companies yeah. that I've worked with. But they're building the company, and so you know, if 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 there's if there's a a, a pile of credit for success, ninety nine point nine percent goes to them and their team, and 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 sometimes to bigger investors who spend a lot more time with them than angel investors who go on the board and meet with them every quarter or more frequently or and help them recruit and. Most angels don't spend that much time doing that. Mm, okay. At times they do, and some do more than others. But for the most part, 
uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm honest with myself and, and know that like words, I can be pretty helpful. The main reason to invest, and it's good to be helpful and it's good to be that kind of investor, but the main reason is because you believe. Yeah. And that's why I invest too. And so the, going, going back to the vetting process, um, I heard Naval, uh, Naval Ravikant in a startup uh, investing talk from Angel Conflict years ago mm-hmm. on the Venture Hacks blog. I think he said something like, it wouldn't be strange if you met with 100 companies before you made your first angel investment. Do you have a rule of thumb around that? No. No. So it could be the first one. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a different rule of thumb. Nala says it wouldn't be strange. What I would argue from personal experience is that you ought to wait just because it's hard to calibrate Yeah. in the beginning. Um, but at this point, I have no like. I'll meet lots of companies, and it, I know when. And I do think like my calibration's done. I know when I'm interested. Okay. In, in some combination of the founder, the idea, the opportunity, the execution they've had up to then. Yeah. Um, all those things, but, um, but it is true in the very beginning before you've made your first angel investment, calibrate. So do spend. I don't know if it's a hundred or ten or fifteen. You should. <clears throat> this being said, this being said, um, there are one of the reasons people angel invest is surely because they want to be Professor Horowitz at Stanford, who invested in Google and became a billionaire doing that. It, it's nice to be a college, you know, a billionaire college professor, and um, those companies don't come along very often. And so if for whatever reason you believe that the first company you talk to just might be the next Google or the next Airbnb, right? Um, it, it will be painful to let that go. Yeah. So if you got that belief, now I do think that, you know, the probability is low that you ever see one of those. If you see, if you saw one, the very first one, it'd be, it'd yeah. be, uh, um, a strike of lightning, but but it goes back to what you said already. Like you have to be able to throw the money away, right? So if it, if the first company you see, not throw it away, but like <laughs> you know what you know what I mean, no, right? I do. That's I, the name you have the, to be prepared, yeah, to zero out that investment. In fact, you know, my default position when I invest in a startup is that that investment is not worth zero. It's not like if I if I put pick a number twenty five thousand dollars exactly in a company. And and then I track that. Yeah, its value is zero until I have more information that it's not exactly. Yeah, you have to have. That so it, yeah, whether it's the first investment or the twentieth investment, you're still going to feel that <laughs> oh, that pressure when you're about to write a check, and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is it. But eventually, you're going to have to pull the trigger. So, what other things? How else do you help someone mentally prepare to become an angel investor? What like mental models do you offer? What do you recommend they One of read? the things we're going to do in this course, which I'm pretty excited about, is we're going to get four pretty well-known, yeah. pretty successful angel investors okay. to come in and kind of tell their stories a little bit, to give, give what I call angelic advice <laughs> um, about how they, how they dealt with that. I, I do think the bottom line is you got to do it eventually. Yeah. Um, and um, you have to meet with a bunch of founders you have to think about their companies. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a good idea to invest in some space that you have some familiarity with mm-hmm. so you can actually 
hopefully make a more educated judgment. Okay. Um, and then, and then go for it. Yeah, go for it or not, and you'll get better at it. So what else? Um, what else is on the curriculum? What else do we have to look forward to? Uh, well, okay. So I, I've taught not much <laughs> because again, it's a pretty short curriculum. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about um, how to be a good investor. We talked. Okay. We, we I brought that up earlier. Yeah. That it, it's it's actually shockingly easy to be a, a terrible investor. <laughs> and so we want to talk about what it means to be a good investor and how you should think about that and how you should interact with companies and what companies need and want from you as an angel investor. Um, and, and that that goes from first meeting mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever whatever rhythm you have meeting with the company once you're actually an yeah. investor, if at all. Some 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 investors just want to invest and like, you know, write me a check when it's all over. <laughs> or yeah, send me totally. an email, right? But but most want to sort of get updates and definitely and talk to the the <clears throat> the CEO. That's part of the fun of it, by the way, and watching watching the progress. I just got to go and talk to a YC company that's doing great. I won't mention them, but what I also made an angel investment in and and you know you know, if I'm two people now, there are 50 people and there I've got a big valuation and they have all sorts of problems and, and, it, and they're doing incredibly well and it's exciting. It's just, that's a, a really fun thing. But so I want to talk about that. But maybe the last thing I'll say about the curriculum for the course that I'm excited about is we want to talk a little bit about investing in the 21st century because it mm-hmm. has changed. I was talking about HP back in 1957, 1937, excuse me. That's when that's when HP was founded in '37, but venture capital really started in '57 and '60, and then sort of angels came in in the subsequent decades. Yeah, um, things changed a lot once the 2000s, the 21st century came. Probably the first big change was Y Combinator, was accelerators, rethinking how people did early stage investing. Well, it's changing again. Um, you mentioned about Ravikant. He launched this thing called AngelList, mm-hmm. and there's something called Kickstarter. So AngelList brings people and companies together in a really unique online way mm-hmm. to um, to invest in in sort of with a different paradigm than than before. As Y Combinator was a different paradigm of investing, was investing in bulk, right? We invest in a whole bunch of startups all at once. Um, but there's new stuff happening. You know about this, right? There's 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 ICOs. There's initial coin offerings. Companies are are changing the way they think about the availability of capital. Mm-hmm. The SEC is looking hard at this right now. It's complicated. So I want to talk a little bit about how the space is changing and evolving. Another thing I didn't mention was that uh, I sort of talked about this history in in in, in sort of a a not very chronological way. And so I'll continue that. <laughs> One of the things that happened sort of after YC sort of began this accelerator craze is there became a lot more angels out there. Mm-hmm. And the angels started to professionalize. And some of the angels who were most experienced angels became what we called at the time super angels. Okay. Um, or micro VCs, and they started creating funds. So then you had a, a little bit of fragmentation of the VC where there was a bunch of early stage and then Series A and then growth after that. And then, and then you had a whole bunch of, of, of evolution of that where VCs started doing both early stage and 
growth sometimes in the same fund strangely which i don't necessarily think is a great idea so there was this there's this um uh, the uh, I, I i don't know if fragmentation is the right term i used it before but this this yeah. new diversification sure. yeah. of of styles of of professional investors professional investors meaning someone who has limited partners who have who have um who are investing other people's money besides their own and um and so that's changed a lot in the yeah. 21st century, but certainly these the 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 new ways to raise money, the crypto-oriented uh, techniques are are pretty radical. Mm-hmm. Radical in that, like so early, there's an equal amount of money in ICOs being raised by startups as venture money. That's crazy. So fast. For sure. Don't really believe it's sustainable, and there's a lot of crap. Of and, course. Yeah, certainly a lot of fraud out there too. So you know, buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but the world is shifting and changing. I mean, absolutely, radically, rapidly. So we want to talk a little bit about that, so people are kind of up to speed with some of what's happening. And that's kind of the gamut of the course where we're covering a lot of the fundamentals, yeah. some insider looks at at. at how you become an angel investor and how you think about deal flow and portfolios and making your decisions. And, um, and, and then maybe a little bit of a look towards, towards the future and where we're going. Okay. Awesome. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your personal angel investing experience to Mm -hmm. share some advice with people, just to give them a taste before they sign up for, uh, investor school. So before you said the good and bad habits of being an angel investor, Let's talk about those specifically. What does it mean to be a good angel investor? So this qualitative thing is good. It, like good can mean a few things. It can mean that you're actually good to your companies, and it can actually mean you get a good return. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they let, like let me you. try to answer kind of both of them. <laughs> yeah. um, I think to be a, a, a good angel investor, first is you, um, you have to follow your passion, invest in what you care about, mm-hmm. but don't be emotional. Um, you'll make a lot of bad decisions if you're emotional. Um, so it, it is it is a cold, hard cash investing decision, and you should think about it that way. Yeah, you should learn how to say no and learn how to say no explicitly and kindly, and with as many real reasons as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get back to that in a sec, but that's part of being a good investor too. Two companies. If you if you meet with me and I say oh, I'm thinking about it, Craig, uh, you seem to have a pretty good idea. I'll get back to you, and I never get back to you. Uh, sometimes investors do that because it's just hard to say, "Dude, no." Yeah. And so you have to learn how to do that. Say no. Um, sometimes, as I said, you should be as honest as you can, especially if it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's because you know I didn't believe in you. I didn't think you were smart enough. I didn't think you were strong enough. I didn't think all these things that I'm not really going to say in an email to you. So you have to come up with some way to gracefully say, I'm not interested. But remember what we talked about. Naval said you have to meet with 100 companies, at least 10 or 20 or 30. And certainly you want deal flow. And that's another thing about being a good angel investor. You need deal flow. Find a way to get deal flow. We'll talk about that. If you don't have deal flow, you'll take the first thing you get. You'll talk to me. I'll invest. Please take my money. Right. So you well, need- in a micro level, you wouldn't necessarily be wrong either. If your deal flow is only 10 companies a year, you may still pick the best one, but it may still fail. 
you might just need to which see a lot more. Wrong. <laughs> which is being wrong. No, which I'm saying, which is being wrong in the macro sense. In the macro but sense, you're, but like you're only... being locally right, but yeah. that doesn't do you any good. Exactly. So that's why you do need more to, to see. But but again, I do think these things stand alone. You have to look at, at whether you believe the opportunity is there and that you have a founder in front of you who has a has some probability of of uh, of winning in 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 the fight for that opportunity. Um, so uh, so be rigorous and organized and dedicated and you know e- even if you're dabbling and I think most angel investors dabble they're not professional. Yeah. This course by the way is not meant to teach people to be professionals. Um I don't expect real venture capitalists will come and take the course. I expect angels who are investing their own money mm-hmm. and who are doing this because they enjoy working with founders because they have causes that they care about because they want to see innovation in the world because they want to see change. Mm-hmm. Those are all really good reasons and those are good reasons to invest. Um, but you have to temper that because uh, you know I wouldn't recommend just investing in change with no hope for return. Right. Y- you can if you're really willing to throw away whatever amount of money you're investing – and I would never gainsay that. If you're doing this because there's some possibility of making a difference, uh, creating change, even if you're not that concerned about the return, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But most angels want some kind of return. I would also say, you know, most angel investors should ignore um, the little stuff. Because when you're angel investing... If you're going for a 7.6% return to try to beat the stock market, you're in the wrong game, right? Right. It's a game of big wins. So don't sweat the little stuff. Don't, you know, don't run your founders through the ringer as they're shutting down and try to extract some bit of blood from a stone where there isn't any. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. In fact, if you think about it, if you act like a jerk to a founder, that might be, even if that gets you an extra 50% of your return, your investment back somehow, that might actually cost you way more in the long term because the way you get deal flow is because some founder says to another founder, you should take Jeff Ralston's money because he's a good person to have on your cap table. Right. So my advice is be a good person to have on someone's cap table. Be that person. Say, Ron Conway, you want his money. He will help you. He's not a jerk. He will be on your side. Yeah. It's so relationship-based. Something I didn't fully realize until I moved out here was how important uh, optionality is when people are investing. It's not uncommon for someone to say no at one point and then say yes later down, even if they have to pay premium for that. And I think that's a difficult thing because on the relationship I've done side... That. I've done that lots of times. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, you know, one thing we tell founders here, and it's tr- it, 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 the, the reverse is true for investors. Yeah. There's no no forever. It's not now. Exactly. <laughs> not now. I'm not ready. You're not ready, whatever. But, but the um, thing that messes with your head is when someone says not now in other, in other areas of life, you're just like, oh, they're politely telling me to go away and never. But here, not now often means not now. Like call me in 18 months when you're raising money again. Yeah. And so, yeah. But the, there, there is, you know, the fact is most angel investors um, don't get a bite at the later rounds. They might get a bite later on during this round and you think about it. Um, but, but don't, I mean, there's, there's a, look, one other thing I I will say not to do as an investor, which is, um, 
don't try to be the last money in because you don't have any confidence in yourself. So uh, some of the worst investor behavior is to say, Craig, I like you. I like your company. You're raising a million dollars. I'll put $100,000 in as soon as you raise 900000 because you're useless. The fact of the matter is once you, Craig, have raised $900,000, you don't need me. And I have demonstrated yeah. right then and there <laughs> that you don't need me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You'll fill it in with someone else. And fill it in with someone who's more useful, who, who has more courage behind their conviction. Totally. Be the kind of investor who has enough courage to say, you've raised zero? I'll be the first money in. Mm. I like you that much. And on the, on the strategic side for, uh, for you personally, what have been some of the best moves that you were, you were unsure about in the beginning, but then later on you're like, oh, maybe I kind of called it there. That, <laughs> that worked out pretty well. Well, the best example of that yeah. is uh, one of my earliest angel investments. And um, I did it for the wrong and the right reasons. The wrong reason was the woman who was um, um, running this company mm-hmm. was an old friend, someone I'd worked with for years, years before. And um, that's a terrible reason to invest in someone, except that she's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I've done both ways. Like sometimes you like people are pretty good and you invest in them because they're a friend and it's not a good choice. This, in this case, it was the right reason. Um, but uh, like the space was really tough. It was in wireless networking and geez, there was so much competition. They were a small wireless networking company and they had some kind of cool technology, but she wasn't even a founder. She became the CEO. She'd been a founder before. She, I knew she's like nails good, but you know, I didn't know the founders very well and it was this hardware thing and, you know, some software and oh my gosh. And so I only invested a little bit and that was so far the only company that has IPO'd. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. And I made a really good return on my investment. So that one worked out really nicely. And it took, and it was one of those things where I was like, ah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to, like, and I kind of sort of lost track until I kind of, like, I I woke up one day and they'd IPO'd and I got to notice that I had public company stock and I I was sort of, Happily shocked. Was, was there a learning on the positive side where you're like, oh, this is a pattern that I might be able to match again? Or did you just get lucky and you no, knew a good person? No, but the contrary. Like it was because I knew it, a good person yeah. and I invested in that person. <laughs> Aside yeah. from all the other, all the other warning the signs, like this space, are you kidding me? Founders, I don't know that well, but like this great person, really smart, yeah. really capable, has done this before, is running the company. Yeah, I'll invest in that all day long. Okay. Um, so I, d- I did want to ask you... Uh, you, you've had success uh, with startup investing, angel investing, where you didn't necessarily know if it was going to pan out. Obviously, you never know. Um, what are the mistakes you've made? Oh, um, I actually think the appropriate question is which mistakes haven't I made because I've <laughs> made them all. Um, I've invested in family. Don't do that. Yep. I invested without thinking it through very much. Don't do that. I invested in spaces where I really had no frigging clue at all about it. And I just did it because, and don't do that. I invested in spaces because um, someone I thought was smart invested there. And sometimes that's a good thing to do, but I didn't put enough thought into it. Um, um, I've been fooled by founders. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought they were better than they were. I've invested in founders in a technical, in a space that demanded great technical know-how that didn't have great technical know-how. 
I've invested in founders where I didn't believe in them and then decided not to invest and then was persuaded by short-term results that I was wrong, but I wasn't. Mm. Do you often invest internationally? Um, uh, almost never. Almost never. Um, I have invested in international YC companies right. sometimes. Um, so I shouldn't say almost never. When I was investing pre-YC or outside of YC, I haven't. Okay. It's too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get my head around it. Talk about investing in, pl- in, in ecosystems you don't understand. And I mostly try to invest in places where I have an understanding or a belief system. I don't have to be deep into it. I will invest in, in, um, in CRISPR companies yeah. because I, I, you know, I, I'm not a biologist, but I think CRISPR is a, an earth-shatteringly important technology. I wrote a, I wrote a post about that just because it's so cool. Uh, I wouldn't claim to be an expert. And, and synthetic biology in general, I have believed for half a decade now is going to be incredibly important before I even knew anything about CRISPR. But just the idea that you could start to think about yeah. uh, programming the tree of life. In fact, a conviction that I had way yeah. back then that we're going to figure out how to do it. It just kind of happened really quickly where like the ability to do gene editing at a very detailed level came about thanks to bacteria. Yeah. Very much bacteria. It's so cool, it's right? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and But I'm sure you're going to have international angel investors come in, right? And so oh, definitely. They're we know from all over the place, right? So I don't think it's different, though. I, I mean, right. I, I, let, me, let me caveat that. Sure, it's different. <laughs> but I, I think the set of things we're going to talk about um, are generic and will, will be true for, for them as well. Um, here's It's a good point you make. Probably... Assuming this course goes well and we teach it again in the future, we'll think about whether we need to add more about what it, what, how you should think about investing. Either as a U.S. investor in international companies or as an international company, as an international investor in international companies in countries in your own com- in your own country, or say investing in U.S. companies. Um, there's certainly a lot of international investors who come and invest in YC right. companies on demo day. But that's the beauty of it. It's, you know, this is our experiment. Uh, it's a learning experience for us as well as for the students. And uh, hopefully, um, assuming it goes well, we'll improve it and do it again next year. That's great. Where should someone go if they want to apply? They should go – well, the, it's, the uh, application is going to open on Thursday. And they, I hope I get this right. They should go to investor.startupschool.org. Okay. And we'll also post it on the blog too. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks a lot, Craig. Nice talking to you. You too. All right. Thanks for listening. So as always, you can check out the transcript and the video at blog.ycombinator.com. And if you have some time, please leave us a rating and review wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time.